You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's time to play! Full-time fantasy. Full-time fantasy. It is full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. One more hour to go here until 4 p.m. Eastern on a Monday afternoon. And joining me for this hour, it is Fantasy Taz, Jim Day from FFChamps.com. Taz, what's going on? Hey, how you doing, sir? Another great week of football, although, man, we're, we're halfway through the fantasy season already. I know, it's crazy, man. It just flies by, and uh, it just seems like it, it looks like there's some really, really good fantasy teams and others where you're struggling. There's been a lot of crazy things happening and it feels like this happens every year but a lot of the players that we've been relying on for consistency year in year out are kind of disappointing this year there's a ton of them that are definitely disappointing this year it's not even close i mean you could pretty much take the whole first round out of the picture except for cmc uh, as like the one big player that's still doing what we expected outside of that almost the whole rest of the first round has been struggling on and off no, that is definitely the case. Uh, but let's start off with probably one of the more disappointing teams right now, and that's the Rams. Once again, just a terrible performance. And you know, the 49ers have been dominant so far. They are now 5-0. and They beat the Rams 20-7. to But a lot of people invested early picks in the run game. Todd Gurley obviously was out. But the receivers, you know, their receivers, their top three, Brandon Cooks, Robert Woods, and uh, Cooper Cup were all going as like top 24 receivers in drafts. And Jared Goff, at home, okay, at home is where he usually performs, 13 for 24 for 78 yards. That's 3.3 yards per pass attempt, four sacks, uh, more fumbles. He fumbled twice, losing one. Is this just a case of, hey, the 49ers defense is way better than we thought, or are there real problems here with this Rams offense right now? The answer is both. (laughs) Let's take both for the win, Alex. Um, It is both. There's no doubt about it. Jared Goff especially in this game. I mean, he looked like he was back to playing for Jeff Fisher. It was almost like Jeff Fisher was whispering in his ear, I taught you how to be average. Let's go. Let's go for average. And he didn't even hit that mark in this game. And, yes, it, you know, part of the blame is on him, but part of the blame is just on this team. They're just not really getting it done. And look back. I mean, they they haven't really gotten it done since that big Monday night game last year against Kansas City where both teams went off, went over 100 points. Since then, Jared Goff has not been the same quarterback. No, he really hasn't. I mean, and the, over the last two games before this, he had 117 pass attempts. So it basically was all volume. And here against the 49ers defense that is just playing very aggressive and very physical right now, I mean, they looked lost in this game. Todd Gurley was out. Malcolm Brown, 11 for 40 on the ground. Uh, Daryl Henderson, though, looked pretty good on a couple of runs. Six carries, 39 yards, although it looks like Todd Gurley might return next week. That's what they're saying now. Let's see what happens as the week goes on. It's always, you know, a big chance of him having a recurring issue during practice or trying to practice. So hopefully he gets back. But here's a great stat. I mentioned this on today's Frenzy, but I love this stat. You know, talk about the San Francisco defense and what they're doing, especially to opposing wide receivers. Against Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Odell Beckham Jr., Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, and Brandon Cooks, that's six of what we consider the top wide receivers in the league. 
against San Francisco, those six receivers have combined for 14 receptions, 143 yards, and one touchdown. Wow, that's insane. That's insane. That is I mean, insane. Robert Woods had no receptions yesterday. He salvaged his day with 16 rushes, 16 yards rushing, and a touchdown. Brandon Cooks, three for 18. Even Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup was the one guy every week we said money in the bank, four for 17. Now, on the bright side, uh, the Rams do have Atlanta next week. So, on the yeah, road in the dome. Help. So, it, sh- it should be a bounce back, right? Then they have the Bengals. They're at Pittsburgh. So, it's got to get better, right? It can't get much worse. So, so you do you go back to those players next week and say, you know what? Uh, they'll get it done next week. Oh, I want to. <laughs> I, I absolutely do want to. Uh, but, uh, you know, against Atlanta, I, yeah, I'm probably going to expect those guys to be back. And they'll probably still be pretty high in my rankings next week. But I'll tell you this. If Goff can't get it done against the Falcons next week, then Goff is in trouble. <laughs> Oh, for sure. Well, at least he got his money and he got paid. Uh, that's yeah, for sure. Well, he did do that. That's for sure. <laughs> uh, 49ers, uh, not, they didn't do great on the ground. They were missing two tackles. Kyle Juszczyk was out. So I was kind of yeah. interested to see how their running game was. And it wasn't as good. I mean, as a team, they little 2.4 yards per carry. Coleman had 45 and a touch. Brita, 36 yards rushing. So they really didn't get it done. Uh, is this a concern with their offensive line going forward, or you feel like the volume's going to be there, this is what they want to do, and they're just going to continue to run the football? It just might not be as much upside as we saw two weeks ago, but they're still going to get the volume going forward. I think they're still going to get the volume, but they're going to have games like this where you're not seeing the numbers you want to see from them. Those are three big losses for this rushing game. Uh, you know, Both those offensive linemen and the, the fullback have all been key in the running game for this team. So losing all three of them that quickly right there in a bunch definitely has to hurt. There's no doubt about it. It's going to take you know a little time for the other filling guys to be able to step into those shoes and, and do anything that's even close to predictable. But, uh, yeah, you can't say that it doesn't hurt when you lose guys of that caliber, especially Juchek. He, he's been such a big part of this offense without ever anybody realizing what he does and how much he does. George Kittle caught all eight targets for 103. We knew that. But after that, uh, is there anyone that you would consider using? I mean, part of it is they've been playing with the lead and running the football a lot. You know, we have seen Dante Pettis start to play more snaps, but – Quiet games from him, Debo Samuel. It's like people want these receivers to emerge, but it's not happening for fantasy. Does it remain that way going forward? Well, Dante Pettis came very close to a couple of touchdowns yesterday. He caught that one ball and was down at at like the one-and-a-half-yard line, but he went down because he was surrounded uh, by the other team and thought he was going to get crunched. If he had turned around, more likely he had enough room to where he could have scored if he made that adjustment and then he lost the other touchdown he lost too so he was really close at this point though it's very hard to count on these receivers i'm sorry i'm just not a big jimmy g fan i've never been i think he looks better than he plays so i always kind of stay away from him yeah i mean he hasn't been asked to do much 24 completions yesterday they've been playing from ahead the defense has been great and they just really haven't asked them to really put up big numbers and uh, it'll probably remain that way next week because the 49ers get the Redskins so it should be another easy victory also we think it's the NFL you never know when we return Stefan Diggs with the coming out party is this a sell high moment or do you hang on we'll discuss it next full-time fantasy 
Are you ready for the nation's first and only free 24-hour network dedicated to you, the betting and fantasy sports enthusiast? SportsGrid will provide you with real-time content, statistics, and gaming intelligence unlike anything you've ever seen before. Located both in the heart of New York City and inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands, SportsGrid is live 18 hours a day, here to serve you, the fanatic. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of Challenge Champion. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Back here, it is full-time fantasy on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis along with Fantasy Taz. We're here until 4 p.m. Eastern on a Monday afternoon. Week 6 comes to a close tonight. Lions and Packers. Hopefully it's a good game because we've had a couple of crappy Monday night games the last couple weeks. It does look like it could be a good game. Uh, but yesterday, the Vikings offense came to life, putting up 38 points of Philadelphia. And I don't think this is a major surprise. Got a lot of questions about Cousins this week. I thought he was a good streamer. He came through 22 of 29, 333, four touchdowns and an interception. We know Philadelphia's weakness is against the pass. And Stefan Diggs, the source of frustration for many fantasy owners this year, 
11 targets, 7 for 167, and 3 touchdowns. He actually could have had a fourth, and Cousins missed him. So we know the Vikings want to run the football a lot. And even in this game. Okay, so that's right away. I don't even need to ask you. So basically, yes, you're selling digs off this game. Oh, absolutely. Look, it has nothing to do with Diggs' talent. It just doesn't. This offense isn't sure exactly what it wants to be. It wants to be a run-heavy team, but then you got two very heavily involved wide receivers who are both getting paid a lot of money and want to be involved. So they keep, you know, are disappointed all the time. So then you come back and you try and appease them and get them involved. And I think every week it's going to be, you know, is it this the week they run and the wide receivers get nothing? Or is this the week that Dillon gets something and Diggs gets nothing? I think you're going to be playing this game all year with these guys. Yeah, it feels that way. Uh, And I don't know what you can get for Diggs, but I got to see, you know how reactionary some people are. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That don't look that yeah, that don't look at the big picture, and they might say, oh, look, Dix is back. The offense is clicking, not realizing that it was a favorable matchup. Uh, they do play, I believe, Detroit next week. Uh, so that could be a real potentially low-scoring game. So uh, you do need to at least shop them to see what you can get. Thielen did score in this game, too. That's the thing that boggles me about the Vikings is when you look at this team, it's a narrow passing tree. It's only really Thielen and Diggs. And even with those two, we can't even count on both on a weekly basis right now. No, not at all. Uh, And that's what I mean. It's going to be, you know, you're going to have weeks where it's going to be one and not the other. You're going to have weeks where it's neither just as they get really heavily involved in the running game, if they get up to an early lead, why throw? You don't have to. Um, and, you know, that, that kind of thing really makes me want to. If, if I'm sitting on digs right now, I am absolutely trying to go out there and see if I can get, uh, you know, something nice for him coming off that big game. Because, like you said, recency bias is huge in fantasy football. People like what they saw now. You know, what did they see lately? And that, that lately is digs coming off a massive game. Uh, that could have been even more massive. So they're going to sit there and say, ooh, I want that on my team. And that's when you got to make the move. Yeah, and I'm sure there were probably people that did bench digs this week. Uh, I'm almost certain of it, even though it was a great matchup. You know, like you said, people get frustrated. They saw a great matchup last week against the Giants, and he didn't come through. So people might have had him on the bench this week. We got the high-scoring affair, as expected, between the Falcons and the Cardinals. And finally, Kyler Murray with multiple touchdown passes in a game, it was easy to see it was going to come this week against Atlanta, who is just horrendous defensively. 343 touchdowns for Murray, also rushed for 32 yards. It seems like he's starting to get better. Again, it was Atlanta, but even coming into this week, he's been a top 10 fantasy quarterback. So is he someone that you feel comfortable with as your QB1 the rest of the year? I don't know if I'd say comfortable is the right word, <laughs> but he's getting it done. I mean, uh, he's only had two games where he was under 20 fantasy points, and both those games he was just under. Uh, and he's had a couple of big games. He had, the, what, the, the 27, almost 28 points against the, the Bengals in Week 5, and then against the Falcons, almost uh, just over 38 points. You know, those are big games. That's what you need to see. And he's got, you know, he's got a couple of decent matchups like two and two in the next four that he could have some good games, but the other two against the Saints in the 49ers might be a little more troubling. Yeah, He's actually got the 49ers, now that I remember, twice in the next five games. Yeah, that's not great right now with the way that defense is playing. 
Uh, are there enough weapons for him, though? I mean, we really didn't see any big games. I mean, Larry Fitzgerald, 6 for 69. That's generally what he's been giving. I know Christian Kirk was out. Is there enough weapons in this passing game? Yeah, I, I mean, there should be. These do have weapons. I'm not sure what's going on, though. Uh, we saw Demir Bird only get two targets in this one, turn those two targets into 60 yards. Uh, so I'm surprised he only got to two. You know, he's got a lot of you know, guys having one or two big plays, and that's all you see out of these guys. And I'm just, yeah, it's kind of weird to me. I'm not really seeing what I thought I would be seeing out of this offense. I thought we would absolutely have more guys, you know, doing more each and every week, but just not coming out that way. On the Falcon side, I mean, Matt Ryan, another 300 passing yard game. So that's the thing. As bad as this defense is, it's great for fantasy because this team will be playing from behind passing a lot now Devonta Freeman has not been great this year he had a good game yesterday 19 for 88 three catches for 30 yards and two touchdowns was this a case of them finally getting the run going or is this a product of going against that bad Cardinals defense well I think it was a product of them going against that bad Cardinals defense because it wasn't like he did tremendous on the ground I mean he had, look okay he didn't do badly he, he averaged 4.6 yards a carry for 88 yards against him not bad but all you know the damage he really did at least for fantasy was through the air he only caught the ball three times for 30 yards but two of them were touchdowns so that's really what put him over the top this week you know we are seeing him rebound though after that early start where he just really didn't look like anything, at least the last four weeks, he's been in double digits each and every week, and he has scored in the last two. So those are good trends, but he's scoring in the passing game. He's not scoring in the running game. We need to get him more involved in that, and hopefully that'll come together. But, you know, this this was what, I think he had one other week uh, in the season. Yeah, I guess the Colts, I think he had like 88 yards as well. So that's the most he's had all season. We expected more. Yeah, I think a lot of people did, especially when he was drafted third, early fourth round. Uh, The Browns, once again, with a bad loss. You know, they had the lead in this game, and Baker Mayfield, just another down game with three more interceptions. And over the last couple weeks, a lot of questions about people cutting Baker Mayfield. They're on a bye this week. They come back. Then it's New England. The Broncos and Bills after that. Is it time to cut Baker Mayfield if you haven't? Hey, I said it was time to cut Baker Mayfield a couple weeks ago. <laughs> um, yeah, he, this kid is just not playing great football. There's no doubt about it. He he is afraid that the offensive line can't protect him, and it shows in his game. He even when they have a clean pocket, he's running out of it. He's uh, you know running into the defense as opposed to staying away. He's just not playing good football right now. He looks like he's scared, and he's playing like he's scared. Yeah, it's been really, really bad. It's And he didn't even get sacked yesterday. He wasn't even under a lot of pressure, and he still threw three interceptions. I know one was bobbled by Hilliard, but you expected... I hate those. Those aren't interceptions. Yeah, I know. That's the thing, <laughs> and that's that's where kind of watching the games and, and seeing those things you know, really tell you. Even the one the week before against uh, Antonio Callaway, like, it wasn't the best throw, but Callaway, come on, you're an NFL player, well, or at least on the field. <laughs> You, you you can't you gotta at least if you're not gonna catch that you can't bobble it up so it goes in the air and a defender gets right. it. Right, you you know you can't pop it up. No matter what else happens, you know you can't pop it up. 
Yeah, and on the flip side, we do see throws sometimes where quarterbacks should be picked, but defensive backs are in that position for a reason. They don't have the best hands, and they drop them. So, you know, sometimes it offsets, but you do have to take a look at that when you're evaluating a quarterback with the interceptions. I don't know if you have Hunter Henry on your fantasy team, but the reports were if he does return, he was going to be playing limited snaps. Uh, That did not happen last night. He actually seemed to be on the field quite a bit. He was working out of the slot. In fact, he had career highs in catches and 100 yards and two touchdowns. Did you have Hunter Henry on your bench? If you have him. Uh, Actually, in two leagues, I was forced to play him, but I didn't expect much. I didn't really have a choice. Um, But, uh, yeah, I, I... no way did I see that coming. Like you said, all pregame reports were like, uh, you know, he'll play, but he's going to be limited. He probably won't play a full contingent of snaps. And, you know, but it just goes to show you if he's on the field, then Rivers is looking for him. Yeah, that's clear. And, you know, that's always something that is a difficult decision when you hear these reports because sometimes it doesn't pan out. It did pan out with Tyreek Hill, but he still did well. We're going to talk about that. What do you do when you hear these reports and the player could be limited? We'll break it down next. It is Full-Time Fantasy on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and challenge all-star. And speaking of all-stars, All-Stars 4 is 
finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the Challenge Gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you trying to get crazy with this thing? Don't you know I'm local? Back here it is full-time fantasy on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis and along with Fantasy Taz. You can find him at ffchamps.com. Find me at fulltimefantasy.com as well as si.com slash fantasy. You can check out my week seven waiver wire article tomorrow morning. And we were talking about these reports when it comes out, oh, this player will be back, but he'll be on limited snaps. And they said that about Tyreek Hill, and it was actually true. He played about 50% of the snaps. But I said it last week, if Tyreek Hill is on the field, I'm playing just because he's this dynamic receiver where one big play can make your day. And you saw it yesterday, just five receptions for 80 yards, but he scored twice. On the flip side, I was a little bit more concerned about Hunter Henry because he's a tight end. We haven't seen him in weeks. And I know you could say the same for Tyreek Hill, but I just felt Tyreek Hill definitely get him in there. I didn't feel the same about Hunter Henry. It obviously turned out to be wrong, but I know each individual circumstance is different. But what was your approach this week with Hill and Henry hearing those reports? The same exact as yours. As soon as I heard Hill was uh, active in the week, I went in and made sure he was in all my lineups that I have him. Uh, and Hunter Henry, I didn't feel as solid. There were a couple, couple of leagues where I had him on the bench. Look, I, I love Hunter Henry, but I mean, how many times is he going to burn us with injuries before we believe he's actually going to be here in the steady influence? That's the part that bothers me the most. Yeah, it's true. I mean, we know that the potential is there, and we saw it last night. But injuries have been a big factor for him throughout his career. So. I guess I will say this. If you did have Henry on the bench, hey, just be thankful that you do have him on your roster, especially with the state of the tight end position, and you can just play him going forward. Unfortunately, you can't play Will Disley. It looks like he has an Achilles tear. I mean, this is just tough because I know in one league I picked him up off the waiver where where I lost Henry, and in that league, we only have one IR spot. I had Tyreek Hill on it, and I'm like, I can't hold the second tight end because it's not a deep league, and I cut him. But I'm like, oh, well, I got Disley. Well, now I don't. Uh, this is a pretty pretty tough loss for fantasy owners because Disley was oh, yeah. producing Disley. at a consistent level every week. Well, I have one big question. Have, have you seen uh, Disley and Henry in the same room at the same time? Uh, I have not. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, there might be something there. I mean... You know, a hunter goes out, Disley comes in, plays well, and then as a hunter comes back, Disley gets hurt again. It's like, eh, I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, it's definitely a big thing. I mean, Disley came in and, you know, had that one week game where he scored a touchdown, everybody's ooh and ah, and then he came back and did it again and again and again, and everybody's really buying into him. I mean, he was a top five tight end and looked like he was, you know, going strong and, you know, nothing in his way. And, Again, the injury bug kills his kid. I mean, what a talent, talented kid. But obviously his body is not made for football. 
Yeah, it's just real rough. He had the injury last year, I believe, in week four, and now just oh, a devastating leg and knee injury last year. We weren't even sure he was coming back from that. He fights his way back from that, and now he's dealing with a freaking Achilles. Yeah, real unfortunate break, and sometimes it happens in the NFL. Uh, I know Taz has been salivating to get to this, so uh, time to talk about Jets-Cowboys. Uh, Jets win this game 24-22, and I knew it was going to be tough because I expected the Jets' offense to be way better with Sam Donald. I mean, anyone who is surprised, I mean, I mean, is it an upset? Yeah, I mean, it's a game Dallas should win, even with all their injuries, but you could see what a difference Sam Donald makes for the Jets' offense. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you're talking about basically a high school kid who was in that quarterback for them the last couple of weeks, uh, so much so that they let him go. <laughs> we don't need you anymore. Thank you for your service. Goodbye. Um, but, you know, come on now. That I know I was – I didn't think that Sam Darnold was just going to come in and light it up this way against what has been a pretty decent Dallas defense uh, up until the last couple of weeks. But, you know, I just – I didn't expect it to be that good from him that quickly. Over 300 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, he did have the one interception, but, you know, heck, it happens. Uh, you know, I'll take the rest of it if I'm going to just get the one interception. But he definitely gave this team a, a jolt in the arm, and they came, they came exciting, excited to play, something I can't say about the Cowboys. Oh, yeah, Dallas looked like they didn't even want to be out there. It was very discouraging and disappointing. When you look at Sam Donald going forward, They have a matchup this week at home against New England, and New England has just been probably, you can make a case that the fantasy MVP, their defense, with the way they're played and the points they're putting up every week. Then they're at Jacksonville. We have no idea what's going on with Jalen Ramsey. But after that, they have Miami, the Giants, the Redskins, the Raiders, the Bengals, the Dolphins. I mean, that is as good as it gets. Could you see Sam Donald being a borderline QB1 the rest of the way with that schedule upcoming? Hey, if he continues to play the way he played against the Cowboys, that's absolutely possible. There's no doubt about it. Like you say, once he gets past the Patriots and Jaguars, it's wide open city there for a while. And he, he should have every opportunity there in games playing against teams that really won't have a lot to play for, except for maybe the Giants. I mean, at this point, the team that gets in from the NFC East might be 6-10 uh, and 10 or 7-9 and nine this year. Could be, man, with the way it's going right now with those teams. Uh, we did see Robbie Anderson come to life. Eight targets, five for 125 and a touchdown. One of them, a 92-yard touchdown, although probably going to see a lot of Gilmore this week for New England. But Jamison Crowder also Crowder also sees a boost here. We saw in week one the plenty of targets he got from Donald. And nine targets here, six for 98 for him. And no Chris Herndon still. Uh, we'll see when he returns. I thought he would be... A pretty good fantasy tight end going forward. Of course, gets hurt running routes uh, right before returning from suspension, right? Hey, well, that's what happens. You know, they're away from football for so long. They try to hurry themselves to get back into football shape. And, you know, those soft tissue injuries come back to bite them way too often. You would think that these trainers would keep them in line and let them realize that this is something that is very possible and they can't, you know, push it so hard that quickly. On the Dallas side, we're watching what's going on with Amari Cooper. He's been banked up this year, played through it, but he barely... He had a boo-boo. Oh, stop, man. Are you serious? He had a boo-boo. You know, like, you're, nobody from the Giants was wanted to play New England, so they all sat out? Like, <laughs> yeah. Right? I, I, I thought that 
Daniel Jones was going to sit out and say, oh, I'm going to pull a Jalen Ramsey. My back hurts. I can't play this week. <laughs> they should have. But, hey, you know, look, you got to put them in the fire at least. You know, you, you got to test them. But uh, Amari Cooper, definitely some concern here with this uh, quad injury and barely played. Who hurts? Come on, man. It's the NFL. You really taking <laughs> shots at these players, man? This guy's been playing with a foot issue and gutting it out and just didn't have it yesterday, man. Uh, but now that the problem is if you're a Cooper owner, not only did you start him and get nothing, you had one catch for three yards. You have the best matchup this week against the Eagles, and this game is Sunday night. They have a bye in week eight. I don't think he plays this week. There's a very good possibility he doesn't play this week, <laughs> and that, that does suck for Cooper owners, no doubt about it. You definitely would like like him to be on the field in this matchup against Philadelphia. Yeah, so Michael Gallup obviously would be a good play. We'll see if Randall Cobb can come back. I mean, how bad is it when Tavon Austin leads your team in receiving yards? Yeah, that, that's that's a little rough. <laughs> um, I can't remember the last time that's ever been said before in the history of the NFL. Yeah, I don't think it has been said. I'd have to double-check on that, but I don't think it has been said. And then, of course, said. your second leading receiver was a guy who was an announcer a year ago. Yeah, Jason Winton. Fun, fun day. Uh, Michael Gallup, you, you thought he'd be in a good spot, but just four for 48. Uh, disappointing there. Zeke obviously had a big workload and did find the end zone. And uh, Dak did salvage at least somewhat of a day with a rushing touchdown. I thought he played okay. He was under constant duress. He was under a lot of pressure. He took some big hits in this one, but... Uh, what do you think is wrong with the Cowboys right now? Oh, I think a lot of most of it is coaching. Um, you know, it's like they had such a good game plan the first couple games of the season, and the last couple of games, it just seems like they've reverted back to how they've done things in the past, and and that's just a bad sign. I just I think a lot of this has to fall on Jason Garrett's shoulders. I I think maybe he put a little leash on Kellen Moore for whatever reason. I don't know why, because Kellen Moore seemed like he had it under control the first couple of weeks, and now all of a sudden it's just running that same old offense again. And the one thing that people don't realize is that finally, to, for the first time in a long time, you know, Jerry Jones has not re-upped him. You know, this is a, a walk year for him. If he doesn't get it done this year, it's very possible he will finally be done with the Cowboys. That would be nice because I do think, and I've said it, even when they were 3-0, I said my biggest concern is Jason Garrett. Uh, this has been going on way too long, and you know this. At some point, your voice gets lost, and he's been with yep. this team for a while. You're seeing a lot of former players comment on it, and I think it is time to move on. To me, there's just too much talent on this team to be mediocre. I know they had a lot of injuries yesterday. It hurts. This They are built in their offensive line. Both their starting tackles were out, and they lost some cornerbacks in this game, defensive tackle. Uh, Randall Cobb was out. Not that's a big deal, but when Cooper goes out, uh, there's some experience, inexperience at wide receiver outside of Gallup there, and you're relying on Tavon Austin, who hasn't really done anything in his NFL career. And again, I just feel like they're just not prepared, and you're hearing comments from the opposition. I heard it last year during the Rams playoff game. They said they knew everything Dallas was doing defensively. Sam Darnold came out and said, yeah, we pretty much know what they were going to run defensively. I mean, that's a problem here, and I've just felt when they've had success, they've kind of bullied teams, and whenever they run into an opponent that's at least close in talent, uh, they get out coached. And I'm just stunned that they let this go on for a guy like Jerry Jones, who wants to win as much as he does, that this continues to go on. 
Yeah, especially when you consider what Jerry Jones, as soon as he bought the team, the first thing he did was fire Tom Landry. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> you know what? Maybe he should have held on to him for a little while longer. Even Deddy could probably do a better job coaching. Couldn't it coexist with Jimmy Johnson. <laughs> um, so I was surprised Parcells came in. And uh, even that, that wasn't a great period either. So it just has to, there needs to be a change. And uh, we'll see. I mean, maybe if they lose Sunday night going into a bye. I doubt it. It doesn't seem like it. But maybe Jerry will surprise me and the Cowboy fans and make a change. We'll come back here. It is full-time fantasy. Continue to talk about the week six action. Full-time fantasy on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Are you ready for the nation's first and only free 24-hour network dedicated to you, the betting and fantasy sports enthusiast? SportsGrid will provide you with real-time content, statistics, and gaming intelligence unlike anything you've ever seen before. Located both in the heart of New York City and inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands, SportsGrid is live 18 hours a day, here to serve you, the fanatic. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray, rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferreira, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the Challenge Gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. 
old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Back here it is full-time fantasy on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis along with Taz. Always a good time when I get Fantasy Taz in here to co-host with me for an hour or so. You can follow him on Twitter at Fantasy Taz. Find him at FFChamps.com. And you can find me at FullTimeFantasy.com, SI.com slash Fantasy Week 7. Waiver Wire article up early tomorrow morning. And uh, we'll answer your questions on the message boards at FullTimeFantasy.com. Taz, I don't know if you have much of this player, but Juju Smith-Schuster, man. I will say this. uh, uh, There was one draft where I was like, you know what? I don't have any Juju, so I'm going to be aggressive and take him here in the first round. I will say I'm fortunate in that league. I have very good depth at wide receiver, but still, when you invest the first-round pick on a player that you don't consider a must-start anymore, it really hurts. Now, last night... The Steelers built a huge lead. They had the third-string quarterback, Devlin, in. They really need, didn't need to do much. Uh, and I did have him on the bench in one league. I have him in the Scott Fishbowl where I am playing him. Obviously, you know the depth of that league. And with buys and injuries, you can't just bench a guy like that most of the time. But going into the bye week next week for the Steelers, then Mason Rudolph expected to come back in week eight. I mean, where are we on Juju right now? Does it depend on matchup? Is is he a wide receiver three? I just think it's kind of difficult to trade him because everyone's aware of the trade value right now. You can't trade him. Yeah, you're not going to get anything. You're talking pennies on the dollar for a kid like him. And and you're right. I mean, it wasn't even like it was so much better um, before this week, you know. But at least he had some life. Um, You know, he was one of the one few wide receivers who actually did anything against San Francisco. We talked about that long litany of guys who've done nothing. At least he had three catches for 81 yards and a touchdown against him. Uh, but, uh, man, it, it's just it's so tough for to put him in your lineup each and every week. And, you know, luckily he's got uh, he's got the bye in week seven, but then he's got the Dolphins. Uh, but then after that, the, the tough – it, it gets a lot tougher. Colts, Rams, Browns, uh, even the Bengals have been doing a little better against the pass and against the run. So, you know, it's going to be tough. And then the Browns again. So, yeah, he's he, man. <laughs> Talk about a team that just got decimated by losing the quarterback. This whole Pittsburgh team is just gone straight down the toilet without him. And it's not like they were playing that great with him. But ever since he's been gone, it's definitely been a lot worse for them. You know, I think there were some people before the year who thought Juju was overvalued because... I did. Okay. I don't have him in a single league. Well, I, I know, and a lot of people were saying, well, no Antonio Brown, but is it? do we have a, a fair sample here to assess that? Like, are people right no. or wrong on that, right? No, I mean, no, okay, we, at least you're don't. being fair about it. Yeah, no, we, we really don't because the quarterback play has been so bad. Um, so I'm not putting that on him. My concern was, first of all, he was getting drafted so early. My my big concern was, can he be a true number one without Antonio Brown? And that was my concern. But I also, we can't judge him on this based on just the terrible play at quarterback. Uh, I mean, he's not even seen anywhere near the targets you would, even if Ben is playing bad, 
or badly, I'm sorry for those grammar freaks out there, um, then you still expect Juju to get, you know, 10, 11 targets. And we're just not seeing that with these other guys at quarterback, and that's what's really killing them. So I'm not putting this on Juju at this point. It's just bad quarterback play. Yeah, it just really is unfortunate, and we're not going to get that clarity. Uh, but certainly, uh, Juju definitely not going to live up to his draft value, and you s- just have to understand that. And you kind of put him in that wide receiver three range each and every week, and it's certainly not what you drafted him for. So hopefully you were able to get someone late in the draft or off the waiver wire to kind of offset that. Yeah, somebody Can- like a Chark who came out of nowhere. <laughs> right, Chark, Terry McLaurin. Uh, yeah, right. S- speaking of Chark, I think, you know, I, I knew the matchup was going to be tough this week against Marshawn Lattimore. My hope was that they moved him away from him a little bit, maybe to the slot, because they did that two weeks ago against James Bradbury to avoid him. But it seemed like Lattimore was on Chark a lot yesterday, and Chark has been one of the most consistent receivers. Coming into the week, he was number five in PPR formats. Is this a case Still of... Still is, actually. Oh, okay, he did it. Well, I should have uh, known that there were some receivers up top with some down weeks. So is he someone that you just continue to play every week and you say, hey, this was just a tough matchup and Lattimore is just playing at an extreme high level, especially the last three games? Because I'm sure there were people that had Chark on the bench and said, all right, I, I can't bench him anymore. And then they wake up or see a three for 43 performance. Well, he still got targeted seven times, but it was a tough matchup. We know that. And Lattimore, look, if you're Lattimore, if you're defense, you know, who else are you going to put him on except the guy that's been tearing up the league? It doesn't make any sense not to you got to put your best corner on this kid and take him out of the game, and he did a good job of that. I did expect, though, I did expect D.D. Westbrook to do some damage in the slot going up against P.J. Williams. I expected that to come in, but what we really saw was New Orleans come in with all these different looks, all these different stunts that, you know, Minshew wasn't ready for, couldn't really read, and that's where the biggest problem was, that, you know, his inexperience wasn't allowing him to really realize what the defense was doing in any given play, and it just gave him fits all day long. Uh, it certainly did. It was uh, one of the worst performances of the year offensively for Jacksonville. Again, the Saints have had to rely on that defense a little bit more, obviously with no Drew Brees and Teddy Bridgewater kind of managing the game. I know he had a good game uh, in the, a couple weeks ago with the four touchdowns, but certainly they are just kind of looking for him uh, to manage the game at this point. The Chiefs' backfield, I mean, is there anything we can take away from it yesterday? I mean, they only ran the ball 11 times. It was LaShawn McCoy with eight carries and two receptions. Damian Williams with two touches in this game, and Darrell Williams with a 52-yard catch. Again, the Chiefs barely had the football, 20 minutes of possession. What can we take away from the Chiefs' backfield yesterday, and how do we feel about them going forward? I still feel good about them, but they got you know taken out of this game uh, you know, I, I wouldn't say early, but early enough that they just weren't getting any touches. I, they were trying to rely on on Mahomes more. You know, it 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 was just a weird game if you watch it with with Kansas City because it just seemed like even though they got off to that quick hot lead in the first quarter, what seventeen three in the first quarter, all of a sudden it's just like they shut off. Everything just shut off, and and here comes Houston storming back with 20 points in the second quarter to take the lead, and then it was their game from there on. Um, You know, so it's like, 
it was a it was just a weird game for Kansas City. I don't know how much I'm really going to take away from that game going forward. I, I still expect Damian Williams to be a big part of this, um, you know, and and McCoy as well. I'm not really ruling either one of them out. It's just this this game had a weird feel all the way around. What Houston really did though was they controlled the clock. They had the clock for 40 minutes of the game time, kept Mahomes off the field a lot. And I, I think that's what we've been seeing the last couple of weeks. Teams know they can run on Kansas City, so they're going to keep running, keep running, keep running as much as they can to kill the clock and keep Mahomes off the field. Yeah, that's certainly what we've seen. Several teams do it now. Uh, the Lions were actually were pretty good in that game. I mean, if it wasn't for a turnover near the goal line by on Johnson, who knows? Uh, they took away the deep passing game. The Colts did it to perfection in that Sunday night game, and the Texans di- did it this week. So uh, does that concern you about the Chiefs offense going forward, or do you think, no, if someone's panicking, you try and get these guys now? Oh, if they're panicking, I'd go out and try and get them as long as I can get them cheap. I'm not going to overpay for them because, you know, it's been a couple of games here where we've seen this kind of issue. So hopefully it doesn't become a trend. But if I can get them cheaply enough, I'd try and go out and get them. I still expect this offense to bounce back. You know, people out there saying, oh, the team, league's finally caught up with them. They know how to slow them down. Yeah, for a couple of games. I don't know if that's going to be something that continues. Although Mahomes did look like he was, you know, battling some some issues there of his own health-wise. So hopefully he gets right and go going forward. But I, I got to ask you, this is one of the questions I got quite a bit today. Is Duke Johnson back and should we count on him going forward? And uh, I, I don't know about you, but I'm kind of saying no. <laughs> yeah, I'm saying no, too. I talked about it in the first hour. And look, I am a Duke Johnson fan. I want to see him more involved. Me too. I don't I don't understand why they gave up that draft pick. I mean, I guess they didn't foresee Carlos Hyde coming. And Carlos Hyde has been better than I thought, okay? He's not great. I thought this was a good week to use him because the game plan had to be run the football. And I figured, okay, if this game lives up to the high scoring, Carlos Hyde has a good shot to score a touchdown this week. And the guy fumbled early in the game, and we still did not see a lot of Duke Johnson. And all I know is every time I see Duke Johnson touch the football, he picks up positive yards. He only had five carries. Two receptions. I'm not even asking for Duke Johnson to get 15 carries. Fine. The NFL coaches think he can't carry a full workload. But can I at least get four or five receptions a game? Can I get eight to ten carries a game? I'm not even asking for a lot. And they're not even doing that. So basically I said, I have Duke Johnson in a couple leagues. I never feel comfortable starting him. One of them I have major problems at running back in an online championship league. So I had him in the lineup. And my home league I had him in only because I had... Christian Kirk out. I had Sammy Watkins out. Um, and we start two running backs, three receivers, two flex plays. So two flex. So it's a pretty deep format. So I really didn't have better alternatives. I could have went with Chase Edmonds. I almost did. Decided to go with Duke Johnson instead. At least Duke found the end zone. But no, I don't feel comfortable starting Duke Johnson because the Texans have showed us what they think of him here. And why are we supposed to think it's going to change? Yeah, really. Exactly right. And, and it keeps coming back to something for me is that there's something going on with him that we don't see, whether it be like he's a bad practice player or maybe he's bad in meetings or he does something that pisses coaches off because we know how talented he is. Two years ago, he was a top 10 fantasy court running back because he caught 70 plus balls. And then last year in, in Cleveland, they don't use him. This year, they go out and get him, pay for him, and then get Carlos Hyde. Now they're not using him again. There's got to be something about him in the background that we're just not privy to. 
And he's averaging 6.5 yards per carry. And I know that's kind of misleading because you could say, well, it's only 37 attempts. And when is he being put in the game? All I know, though, is there's a lot of positive gains when he is touching yep. the football. And I would think you would want that more. I mean, he, he's not involved in the passing game at all, man. That's what's crazy. You know, two I catches agree. for 20 yards this week. I just I don't understand it. I, I, I don't. But look. We can sit here and say anything we want. It's ultimately what the coaches do. And we have to look at this six-game sample and say, look, it's probably not going to happen for him this year. And they just don't believe in him enough. So that's what it is. I think it's more a desperation play here. Joe Mixon, man, I don't have him anywhere. I know the talent's there. But, man, I'm, where are we on Mixon now? Is he someone that we, just, we, that we bench? I mean, ten, we, we look at him for volume. Ten touches this week. Yeah. Um, and not very productive with those 10 touches. I think he averaged, what, 1.3 yards a carry for 10 yards. And, um, yeah, definitely not something you really like there. And he only had, what, three targets, two catches for 29 yards. Um, yeah, at this point, he is really hard to read. It, you know, maybe it helps if they get A.J. Green back, but who knows? I mean, every, everybody out there, rumor mill is uh, A.J. Green should be traded and realistically, if I'm Cincinnati, A.J. Green should be traded. Uh, he's an older guy with a big contract that, you know, is hurt as much as he isn't. And why not trade him and try and get something for him now before he walks away and you get nothing? Um, I just, I don't, um, I can't read this Cincinnati team at all. It's just, it's a hard team to read. It just the offense is not what we expect. Yeah, and Tyler Boyd had a down game. Saw a lot of Marlon Humphrey, so not a surprise there. Seven targets, just three catches for 10 yards. Auden Tate was the guy who came through with 12 targets, so they went to him more. He had five for 91, so another productive day for him. And head coach Zach Taylor was noncommittal on whether A.J. Green could play this week against Jacksonville. We did see him in practice a little bit last week. So, uh, again, this is where you risk if you draft an injured player thinking, oh, yeah, he'll be back. Sometimes they don't come back in the proper time. So uh, I stayed away from A.J. Green in every league except one because we had an IR spot. So I figured it was ninth round. I got an IR spot. I'll take a shot. But any other league? No, I was not drafting him. We'll come back. We'll wrap it up. It is full-time fantasy on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Are you ready for the nation's first and only free 24-hour network dedicated to you, the betting and fantasy sports enthusiast? SportsGrid will provide you with real-time content, statistics, and gaming intelligence unlike anything you've ever seen before. Located both in the heart of New York City and inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands, SportsGrid is live 18 hours a day, here to serve you, the fanatic. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray, rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? 
Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the Challenge Gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of Challenge Champion. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It is full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis along with Fantasy Taz here. A couple more minutes wrapping it up. And tonight we have one more game to finish off week seven. Uh, week six, before we get to week seven, uh, <laughs> Lions in Green Bay to take on the Packers. Lions coming off a of bye week. They're 2-1-1. One, one. Played better, I think, than a lot of people expected. Packers 4-1 and one on the season. Green Bay favored by 3.5 in this game, over-under of 46. What are you looking for in this game tonight, Taz? Good football. Um, <laughs> hopefully we get some good football. Like you and I were talking off air, the last couple Monday nights have not been very good. This is a should be a good game, though. I mean, Green Bay's 4-1. and one. Uh, but their offense still isn't completely right. Um, you know, with, without Devontae Adams in there again, we'll have to see what, what Rodgers can do. But he doesn't look like the Rodgers of old. He, he, uh, you know, you can say what you want, but it doesn't look like he has the same arm strength or, you know, the same agility that he's had in years past. So, uh, you know, it's definitely a downturn for him. But on the other side of the ball, Matt Stafford, you know, maybe that, that cracking his back last year was enough to really put him off because he definitely looks like a much improved quarterback again this year. And even though they say they want to run the ball more and more, they're still letting him air it out when they need to. And that's a good sign. I'm not going to be surprised at all if Detroit goes into Green Bay tonight and comes out of there with a win. Yeah, I wouldn't be stunned either. Do you feel good about any Green Bay wide receiver tonight without Adams? 
good? No, I wouldn't know. <laughs> no, uh, there's no way you could feel good, especially last week. I mean, you expect without Adams, you expect MVS to get a good piece. You expect John and Mo Allison to get a good piece, and yet no, neither one really comes out of it ahead of the game. So, yeah, I'm not sure I feel comfortable with either one. If I have to take one, I take MVS, but I don't love it. Yeah, I also want to see if they continue to use Aaron Jones in a bell cow role. Jamal Williams could be back tonight. And we saw in the past that they mix Williams in. TJ Hawkins, yeah, way too much. TJ Hawkinson is expected to play tonight coming off the concussion after having the bye last week. That wraps it up here. I want to thank Fantasy Task for joining me in this hour. I'll be back Tuesday, 2 p.m. Eastern here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.